0: Church, let me invite you to open up God's Word with me this morning to the book of Exodus. In Exodus today, Exodus chapter 28. As we continue our journey in that portion of God's Word. Be in Exodus twenty eight today, and indeed, God is a holy God. He is worthy of our praise. There is no one like Him. He is high and exalted. And we cannot come into His presence of our own strength, of our own accord, because of who He is. There is no one like Him. And so we need someone to represent us. We need a mediator to plead our case before Him. We need a representative. We need somebody to stand in the gap, so to speak, and to To take our case and our position before God. To be a voice for God and to be a voice for us. For we are sinners who cannot stand before him on our own. We are not fit for his presence. And neither were the Israelites. God loved them. He rescued them. He chose to enter into a special relationship with them. He told Moses to to build a house for him so that he could, so that he could stay in the camp among them. But even so, someone needed to ensure that the people obeyed God's parameters for the relationship. That they followed his instructions for worship. So as we enter back into this story, enter a guy that we've seen before, but enter a guy named Aaron. Who would serve as their priest. And so let's look at God's word. Let's look at his instructions concerning this role, the role of the priestly ministry. It's uh, quite a detailed text this morning. We're not going to read the whole chapter today, just the opening verses, and then we're going to have somewhat of a high-level view of this particular ministry, what it means, how it's fulfilled, and ultimately what it means for us as followers of Jesus Christ today. So as you find your place in Exodus 28... Let me invite you to join me standing, whether in body or in spirit, for the reading of God's holy word. Exodus 28, God says, remember that God has descended on top of the mountain and Moses has ascended to meet with God. And God is giving Moses instructions for building the tabernacle where he is going to reside among them. And now God continues. He says to Moses, he says, have Aaron, your brother, brought to you from among the Israelites along with his sons, Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar, so they may serve me as priests. Make sacred garments for your brother Aaron to give him dignity and honor. Tell all the skilled workers to whom I have given wisdom in such matters that they are to make garments for Aaron, for his consecration, so he may serve me as priests." These are the garments they are to make, a breast piece, an ephod, a robe, a woven tunic, a turban, and a sash. They are to make these sacred garments for your brother Aaron and his sons, so they may serve me as priests. Have them use gold and blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and fine linen. Would you pause with me as we pray? Father, this morning we do thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. We do acknowledge once again that you are holy, that you are separate, that you are distinct, that you are in a category all by yourself and that you are worthy of our praise. And even so, Lord, you invite us sinners into relationship with you through Jesus. Father, we pray that you would guide us now as we seek to understand your word and apply it to our lives as your people today. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, you may be seated. So here as we, as we read the Bible as We read God's word. We see that God called Aaron, this guy Aaron, Moses' brother Aaron, and Aaron's descendants to serve in a particular role. He called them to serve as priests. In fact, Aaron became the first high priest, meaning that he was responsible for all of the priesthood and fitted with the priestly garb that is described throughout this chapter. Notice that Aaron does not choose this role. God does. Have Aaron your brother brought to you from among the, uh, among the Israelites along with his sons? Why? So they may serve me as priests. Once again in verse 3, tell all the skill, skilled workers to make garments for Aaron so he may serve me as priest. And again in verse 4, they are to make these sacred garments for Aaron and his sons so they may serve me as priest. There are no self-appointed Priests. Aaron and his sons are to serve God, to serve God for his glory and for the people's good. The people need a priest, and so do we. We need a priest who will represent God. We need a priest who will represent God, who will represent the Holy God to us. Aaron is to represent God. Our text mentions the various sacred garments. That he's to wear when he fulfills the priestly functions. A breastplate, an ephod, a robe, a woven tunic, a turban, and a sash. Verse 4. And the rest of the chapter that we're not going to read in detail this morning details the instructions for making those various garments. Suffice it to say that it reads a lot like the particular instructions that we've been journeying through over the last few chapters. There's a lot of gold. There's a lot of finely twisted Linen. There's a lot of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn. You remember those descriptions. Well, they continue here. The priests were not God, far from it, but they were set apart. They were to be distinct. They were set apart from the people for a particular calling, a sacred calling, called to represent God to the people. And since the priest is to represent God... He must reflect the nature of God. We need a priest who will represent God, reflecting God's nature. Reflecting God's nature, showing us who he is. And you see, just as the tabernacle, this sanctuary, this house of God, this place of worship, this tent of meeting, portrayed God's glory, so would the priest. His clothing, in fact, corresponded to the clothing and colors, materials of the tabernacle. And so all suited up, Aaron, as the high priest, was like a mini tabernacle. Like the tabernacle, his clothing pointed the people to God. His attire was distinct from the common folk, portraying dignity and honor, fitting for God's representative. He represented glory. He represented majesty, He represented beauty and purity, holiness and authority. The priest represented God, reflecting God's nature and communicating his will. Communicating God's will. See, the primary task of the priest was to communicate the will and the instruction of God. To teach the word of God to the people of God. They read the word. They read the word. They spoke the word. They helped People apply the word, God's word. They wore a breast piece, and we see that in this chapter. They wore a breast piece that signified their distinct role in making decisions, specifically in giving counsel from the Lord to the people. God's people need to hear from him, and God often spoke to them through the agent known as the priest see, these fancy garments that are detailed here teach us that we need a priest who will represent God to us, but the priest's job was not just to represent God, but also to represent the people to God. We need a priest who will represent us. We need a priest who will represent God and who will represent us. God gave the priesthood to give sinners representation before him, to mediate on behalf of The guilty sinners are guilty before God and as the perfect and just judge God does not and cannot simply ignore our guilt. Part of Aaron's garb was a turban that he wore on his head and for the turban God said in verse 36 he said make a plate of pure gold and engrave on it as on a seal holy to the Lord. And so the high priest's forehead was marked with these specific words, holy to the Lord, making this man marked by God. He was marked as belonging to God. He was devoted to God's service on behalf of the people. He was standing in the gap, so to speak, bearing a representative righteousness. And so that, that headband that the, that Aaron wore and that the high priests would wear for generation after generation, that headband reminded Aaron that God considered him holy. That God accepted him into his presence and that he would receive Aaron's sacrifice on behalf of the people. Like Israel, friends, we too are sinners. We are guilty before God. We need a priest whose righteousness allows him to go before God with a sacrifice on our behalf. We need a priest who will represent us carrying our concerns to God. Carrying our concerns to God. We see this function of the priesthood detailed in the various garments of Exodus chapter 28. The priestly garments contain two sets of precious stones that bore the names of the twelve tribes of Israel. One was over his heart and the other was over his shoulders. And so this double display of Israel's tribes on his very body reminded Israel and her priests that she was represented in the presence of the Most High God, that her concerns were carried to her God as Aaron and his sons made intercession for the people. Church, we need a priest who will represent us, carrying our concerns to God and facilitating proper worship of God. Facilitating proper worship of God. God charged the priest with leading the nation, leading the people, leading his people in worship, and as they were faithful... The people would give God thanks for their ministry. They would sing at annual festivals when they gathered in Jerusalem. They would sing, praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. Speaking of the priest, praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who minister by night in the house of the Lord. That is in the tabernacle, in the, in the temple. Saying of the priest, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. In other words, keep leading us in worship. Keep praying to God on our behalf. Keep interceding for us. God gave priests to lead in worship, making sacrifices of atonement for the people's sin. And on a certain level, they were responsible for the people's worship. For when they cheated God, the priests bore the guilt. We see that in verse 38. God would not be pleased. And when that happened, God would then send prophets He would send folks like Malachi to confront them in their sin and to call them to repent and to return to faithful mediation once again. So friends, as we try to understand this ministry and think in terms of the way God has called and equipped and leads the church to reflect it, before we go any further, might I remind us that those of us who are pastors... But those of us who have been ordained and set aside as deacons, those of us who are teachers in the church, those who are parents of God's children, we are held responsible for how we lead others to know and to worship God. And so fellow ministers, deacons, teachers, parents, like Israelite priests, we too are called to love God supremely and love his people sacrificially. God, love Him first and foremost, to love the Lord God supremely with all that we are, to devote our lives to Him and then love His people sacrificially, to serve the Lord on behalf of those who have been entrusted to our care, to be examples of faith and faithfulness, to reflect His, his character, His nature, and to communicate His will, to carry the concerns of our children to the Lord and where appropriate, to facilitate the proper worship of God. Brothers and sisters, that's a high call. That is a sacred endeavor. That is a lofty and and weighty task that we ought to feel, of which we are surely doomed to fail. You may say, wait a minute, I can't do that. And you're right. You can't. You can't do it. Neither can I. Neither could Moses and neither could Aaron. We need a priest, but every single priest falls short. Every priest falls short. We need a priest, but every priest falls short, grossly short, grossly short. For while Moses is up here meeting with God, receiving these instructions about the priestly ministry, what is Aaron doing down on the ground? He's hearing the grumbling of the people. Where's Moses? What's happened to Moses? Where's the Lord? Make us an idol so that we can worship. And so what does Aaron do? He begins collecting gold and other articles from the people and he fashions an idol for them to worship. Some priest, two of Aaron's sons mentioned here, Nadab and Abihu, are soon consumed by God's fire. They're soon killed in the sanctuary for failing to rightly recognize God's holiness. You can read all about that story in Leviticus chapter 10. God, are you sure these are the people? Are you sure this is the family for the job? Again and again and again, the priests would fall short. They would fail to rightly represent God and faithfully represent his people. You see in the words of one author, since God is a holy God, he can only accept a holy sacrifice offered by a holy representative. Coming into God's presence was a matter of life and death, not only for the high priest, but also for the nation of Israel, for their salvation depended on whether or not God accepted their priest. If God did not accept their priest, they would die in their sins. And friends, the same is true for us. Who will represent us? Who can stand for us? Will God accept our priest and thereby accept us, or will He reject us? We need a priest. But every priest falls short. I had a banana this morning. You probably have had a number of bananas in your life. But you know one of the most disappointing things about a banana sometimes is when you peel back what looks like a good banana. And there are spots on that banana. Marking it as unfit. What a disappointment. That was the case for me this morning. I had to cut off those bad spots. Well, in the scriptures, there's a guy, Zechariah, a prophet who has a vision. Who sees beyond the the outer garment of the priest in that vision. Zechariah has a vision. He once had a vision. And in his vision he saw Joshua, who was the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. Probably a reference to the day of atonement. The one day each year when the high priest entered God's presence. Entered the most holy place and offered a sacrifice for the sins of the people. But with this priest... With Joshua, the high priest, there's a problem. There's a big problem because the word says, Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. So Zechariah has a vision of a priest. Joshua, the high priest in his day, in the presence of the Lord, before the angel of the Lord. But Joshua is dressed in filthy clothes. Israel's representative. Dressed in filth. His sacred garments, his priestly garb is stained. His white tunic represented his righteousness is splattered in filth. He's covered in muck. That's the picture here. He's covered in muck, a picture of human sin, of our sinfulness before a holy God. And our natural tendency is to diminish the seriousness of our sin, to minimize our sin, to compare ourselves to those seemingly more sinful than us, to excuse our sin, to grow numb to our sin, to ignore it because we're just so used to it like the pig farmer, so used to hogs that he no longer smells the stench of the slop. Friends, our sin, our lust, our pride, Our greed, our self-righteousness is like the stench of slop to the holy nostrils of the Most High God. Even Joshua in Zechariah's day. Even Joshua, the high priest regarded as the holiest man in all Israel is stained with sin compared to the holiness of our God. Zechariah goes on, he, he says Satan was even there. Satan was there to accuse him. There's a high priest, Joshua the high priest, stained with filth, covered in filth, and Satan is there, ready to accuse him before God. This cannot be good, knowing what we now know from Exodus 28. This is a dead man, guilty before God. And as the people's representative, they too would be guilty before God. If he's dead, they're dead. A vision portraying humanity's sin, guilty as charged, on the very verge of death, before the holy God. And yet... A voice of grace suddenly speaks and says, the angel says to those standing before him, take off his filthy clothes. Take them off. Take off the filth. Then he said to Joshua, see, I have taken away your sin. I will put fine garments on you. Take garments of filth off and I'm... Going to put a garment of righteousness on you in its place. Garment of purity, a picture of God's gracious removal of sin. Stripping the muck and replacing it with a robe of righteousness. Only God can do this. The vision continues calling for a clean turban for Joshua's head. For his head held the plate. Remember with the words, holy to the Lord. Declaring the priest devoted to the Lord and bearing A representative righteousness on behalf of the people. Since the priest was now robed in righteousness, so were God's people. Saved by his grace and clothed in his righteousness. Church, I think you see where this is going. Zechariah's vision is a picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Friends, we need a priest who will represent God and who will represent us. We need a priest, but every priest falls short, save one. Every priest falls short, save Jesus. He is our priest. He is our perfect priest. Jesus is the great high priest who can enter the most holy place on our behalf, making an atoning sacrifice for our sins. The author of Hebrews says, such a high priest truly meets our need. One who is holy, blameless. The things that that outward garment was to convey one who is holy and blameless and pure set apart from sinners exalted above the heavens for unlike the other priests he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people he sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself friends jesus and only jesus fully meets the requirements to mediate our case before the holy god christ And Christ alone wears total holiness and complete righteousness, making him worthy to go in, to stand before the Father and to represent us. We need a priest, but every priest who went before Jesus Christ fell short. In fact, Hebrews says, now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, He is able to save completely those who come to God through Him because He always lives to intercede for them. You know that last Sunday was Easter Sunday, but let us be reminded this morning that today is another Resurrection Sunday. The Christ has died. The Christ is risen, and that Christ will come again. And until then, he lives. He lives to intercede for us. Friend, you need a priest. And Jesus is the priest that you need. Let Jesus be your representative. Let Jesus be your representative. You need a priest, and no one else can do it. Everyone else has fallen short. Your mama can't do it. Your grandmama can't do it. You know by now your pastor can't do it. Not even the pope can do it. Only Jesus Christ can do it. Friends, this perfectly holy high priest has offered the pure and perfect sacrifice, fully and forever accepted by the Father. For this priest and this sacrifice is God's one and only Son, shining with all the glory of God's own divine nature. And praise Jesus, God not only considers Jesus righteous, but all, every single one whom Jesus represents. Let Jesus be your representative so you can join Isaiah. And you can rejoin all the company of the redeemed, saying, declaring, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. Friend, have you been clothed with garments of salvation? Have you been arrayed with a Garment, clothing of righteousness, his righteousness. For God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the very righteousness of God. Have you become the righteousness of God? Meaning, has Christ's moral perfection Has his obedience been imputed, accredited to your account? Trust in Jesus today and God will graciously grant you the priestly garb otherwise fit only for Christ the King. And friends, for those given his righteousness, for those saved by his grace, those covered and cleansed by his blood, those given his righteousness, for those saved by God's grace in Jesus, you have a task. You have a priestly task. The task of serving the great high priest, of joining the company of the priesthood and serving under the authority of the great high priest by representing him to all of the world. Christian, represent Jesus to the world. Represent Jesus the Christ, our great high priest, the king of all kings and the perfect sacrifice. Represent Jesus To the world saved to honor the Savior, saved to declare the riches of his grace so that others living in the darkness of sin may look to the light of the world and receive clothes of righteousness. Because you now, Christian, you now, church, are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, the Bible says, a holy nation, God's special possession That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Friend, this is our task. Church, this is our mission. To shine the wonderful light of Jesus as we worship our Lamb, the King of all kings, and our great high priest. Friends, he is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our devotion. For he has given his life and clothed us in his righteousness. So, Father, we pray now that you would grant us strength. Father, that you would give us courage. Father, that you would fill us with your spirit as your children, that we might exalt you. Father, that we may devote our lives to Jesus Christ, our great high priest. Lord, we thank you for his permanent priesthood. We thank you for his perfect ministry. Father, we thank you for the pure sacrifice of the Lamb of God who takes away our sins. Father, we thank you that he is alive and well and reigning even now, that the Son of God is pleading our case, that he is interceding on our behalf before you. Father, we pray that that would be a message of encouragement to us today. Father, that it would spur us on to devote our lives to you and to represent you faithfully, proclaiming the riches of your grace. So, Father, even now as we worship, as we respond Lord, I pray that your spirit would lead us, that you would stir us, Lord, that you would transform us by your grace. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.